Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the So Help Me God podcast. I'm your host, Kashawn Milligan, and I am excited to bring you another installment into what I am calling is a prayer, a brand, a voice, a sound to believers really asking God some really, really big questions, but also really wanting to get some clarity on a variety of different areas in your life, rather that is personally, professionally, Financially, just really want to know what did God say about me? You know, what did God say about me? So many times we allow other people's voices to be louder than God, sometimes even our own. Sometimes our own thoughts get in the way of us being able to really understand God's thoughts for us, His intentions. And I'm just so excited about this installment, which I am calling The Power of Your Narrative. And I don't know if you've been following along on my journey um, that I've been slowly unveiling on social media just in regards to my background, my past. And I know I've discussed a lot professionally, but I haven't really shared too much about myself personally, other than I lived in a lot of states, which is true, um, that I am a transitional life coach, also true. But one of the things that people always ask is kind of like, what started me being able to get closer to God? What started me really being able to seek God and to just start building my own personal relationship? And like a lot of people, I met God in a way that if I had to go back and do it all over again, I was like, man, I wish I could have just met you at the ice cream parlor, you know, somewhere nice and happy and tropical. Life was great. And he just showed up one day and you know, that's just not my testimony. You know, I am born and raised from Baltimore, Maryland. I am a daughter of a single mother. And it just was a really tough situation for our entire family. You know, I had a father that was not around that much, you know, due to his own decisions and choices. And it was really, really tough on my mom you know and definitely being an adult now you know there's other insights to be able to know like what that strain and that stress does to someone because I mean hashtag adulting can be hard and especially being in a household to where God was really nowhere in the midst to be honest you know I think the the most we ever talked to the Lord was during our grace before we ate um and that alone, in my opinion, I didn't really know what it meant. I just meant like, just be thankful that you're eating. So I just was thankful to be able to have food. Amen. 
I didn't really understand that there was so much more in developing a relationship with God. I didn't understand that there were so many different layers and facets and deepening my understanding and really just getting intimate with him. And considering that I have have been struggling with the intimacy factor um, for years, I thought that it was a good time to share with the public kind of like what I come from, which is I am a product of, you know, Baltimore City's, you know, foster care system. When I was 11, my mother made the decision to put me in foster care, that she was unable to physically, um, financially and emotionally really be able to provide for me at the time. And she thought at that time that was her only option. And truthfully, just kind of like probably where she was, you know, mentally and spiritually, it probably was the last best option was to, you know, bring in some outside support. Um, But if anybody else is out there listening and has been a product of social services, you know that support looks real funny um, and any type of systematic um, approach or intention. And in a span of four years, I want to say, I'm sorry, let me take that back. In a span of two years, I have been through six middle schools, two group homes, um, four foster homes, and life just was something, I tell you. Um, And then I showed up at a home that was a game changer. It was a game changer for me emotionally. It was a game changer for me physically. But this was definitely a strategic move of God to bring me to this home because in this home, I met the sweetest, most God-fearing woman and family I have ever met in my life to this day. And during those years that I spent in their home, I learned what it meant to truly not only trust God, but make room for God. And I talk about her uh, so much uh, to where now I just call her my God mom. So if anybody has ever heard me talk about my God mom, she was actually my foster mom when I was 12. And I'm so thankful for her because not just of loving me and protecting me and being patient with me, but because she was obedient when God told her that I was supposed to be in her home. And there's something about obedience that gets us really far. Um, And that wasn't even my message today, even though that's a whole message in itself, obedience, that that's something I really need to think about dropping in my next episode, to be honest, Um, because that can change a lot of lives. But for the longest time, when I would go into speaking engagements or when I would just talk, I would always go down my credentials and they would say all the work that I've done, you know, my degree that I got. And then I will also say, but I'm really just this brown skin girl from Baltimore. Nobody wanted I mean, it was like clockwork. This is how I thought that I could relate to my audience. But more importantly, this is ultimately what I thought about myself, that I was this brown skinned girl from a small city that nobody wanted. And one day when I said it, I remember hearing God's voice so clearly, 
right? There was no mistaking it for anyone else because a lot of time when you hear his voice, it, it can come in a, in a sense of correction, but it, but the correction comes with a, re, a revelation that has peace on it. So even though it's not maybe what you wanted to hear, what you thought you were going to hear, it's exactly what you needed to hear to relieve the, the cloudiness or the uncertainty or the shame or just the lack of having that identity in Christ that, that we should have as believers. And what God said was, did she reject you or did I remove you? Because both can't be true. And it was powerful. I mean, I had a whole moment because soon as I came out and said, I'm just this brown skin girl from Baltimore that nobody wanted. And then God came and said, did she reject you or did I remove you? As if the whole act was intentional. Right. I always look at it to where it was a mistake for my mother to do that. And even though I met my, my God mom and, and I met the Lord, I always just look at that as that it's completely changed the course of my life. I, I had encounters and situations that, you know, a lot of them weren't pleasant. And I had so many experiences and memories that I'm just kind of like, you know, wow. And why? And then when he deposits that into my spirit, it just really had me look at it completely different. Like this entire time, I've been telling a narrative of this girl that was rejected, that wasn't wanted, that was an afterthought. And then God in that moment came in and completely redirected my narrative and came in and told me like, you weren't rejected. You weren't an afterthought. You were so intentional that nobody rejected you. I removed you because I knew where you needed to meet me. And God wasn't in that home. So he put me in a home to where the environment was conducive to me being able to encounter his presence and where Life was being spoken over the children in that home and prayers were being had on a regular basis that talking about God, asking questions about God was the norm. How on earth did that just happen out of rejection? And it was a game changer. I got to be honest, family, it was a game changer because I thought about that I've been carrying the wrong narrative for 20 years. That I have been thinking, and this is even after me knowing God, because I think that that's the thing too, people. Like sometimes we think soon as we, you know, embrace God, soon as we accept Jesus, that all of those thoughts and those narratives that we have created in our mind immediately cease, that they immediately go away. And I'm here to tell you that that's not always the case. There are certain things that leave. And there is certain things that are, are no longer as trying, but there are certain seeds that were planted so early that have to be removed by the root. You have to call it a lie. You have to call the narrative and the story that you convinced yourselves to be true 
a lie because there is power in the narrative that you believe because what you believe you will speak and ultimately when you speak it it'll start being shared and what has happened is that the incorrect narrative is out here spreading and if you really want to get into it As a believer and as someone who is all about, you know, I want God to be able to utilize me and I want to be able to service people. The narrative that I was spewing out was not a narrative of the gospel. My mom rejected me and they meet still ended up being able to be a college graduate, become successful in my corporate career, and then even transition over into entrepreneurship really was that unsung hero thing, right? Like, oh my goodness, my discipline, my hard work, in spite of that decision was able to get me here. But nowhere in the midst is God getting the glory on that story. Nowhere in the midst was there room created for God to be praised and for people to really see that God's hand was on the entire situation. That not only did he never leave me, but he saw me from the very beginning. He knew that it was something that was going to have to happen because that it was going to lead me into an atmosphere where I was going to encounter him in such a way that it would completely change my life. So I ask you, what narrative are you speaking and sharing about your life? And does that narrative give God the glory? Or does the glory that you want to bring into the situation have everything to do with your own decisions or someone else's? You know, taking responsibility for something that really it wasn't you, it was God. Even that's mis- misguided. You, you, you didn't do it, God did. You know, God did it. God blocked it. God created it. It, it, The narrative has to be correct. And to be even clearer and also to be frank, sometimes a lot of people are figuring out why God has not provided them a bigger platform. This really goes to a lot of my creatives, innovators, Um, people really struggling to grow their ministry and their business. And I truly believe that part of it is that he's not increasing your audience because the narrative is still skewed. The narrative is not aligned with the gospel. He does not get the glory out of elevating you. So why would he do it? There's something about When you get elevated and then you see people that completely start thinning out their story of the gospel. But even on the level that you are now, you still aren't giving God the glory. It's completely about you, the other person. And even another example, I've I've heard a lot of people say, I'm so glad about my exes because if I hadn't encountered them, I would have never met my husband or my wife. That's a whole lot of appreciation 
to making the wrong choices and picking the wrong people. And this is no shade. I can say it for myself as well. But I have to be honest here. If if that person was sent by God, your exes have nothing to do with that. If the man that God sent to you is for you to be your husband, what does your three, five, seven, ten year relationships of picking the wrong people have to do with what God did in that moment? Because this is the thing, family. God can turn our bad decisions straight when it's time to get his glory to share the gospel. So sometimes we tell that narrative because it makes us feel better about our own decisions and choices. Well, it doesn't matter that I did all of that all those years because I still ended up meeting so-and-so. Again, where is God in that? There isn't any room for you to say you had an encounter with God, that God had to heal not only your heart, not the new person, but God did that too. That God revealed to you where you went wrong and what desires went before his that made you choose those other relationships or opportunities because sometimes it may not be an actual person. Sometimes it is the desire to chase success or fame or fortune or a certain lifestyle that you created in your head. And you just happen to attach yourself to people that in your mind fit that narrative. There is power in your narrative. And we have to start really asking ourselves, what about our story is giving God not only the glory, but allowing him to be presented to his people through you? Did you ever think that when you share the stories of I can use my example. I'm just this brown skin girl from Baltimore that nobody wanted. And then people start connecting. Oh my goodness, me too. That what you just did was to create a support group for rejection. Or if you start talking about, I was in an unhealthy relationship for all this time. I had to get out. Me too. And then people start sharing their experiences of being in an unhealthy relationship. And this is the thing. There's nothing wrong with having conversations about getting yourself out of an unhealthy circumstance, getting yourself out of an unhealthy relationship. But again, when it comes to sharing the story and creating a powerful narrative to where God's name is on it, We have to make sure that the narrative came from God. And the only way to do that is by making sure that we are aligned with what he thinks about us. When he told me 
Did she reject you or did I remove you? Because both can't be true. It convicted me in a way because it was like I had to choose my lie that I was comfortable with, that I saw because it's true. In my mind, my mom did reject me. That happened. That was a real situation. Somebody has receipts, I'm sure. But God... This is where the spiritual aspect comes in. But God removed me for his plan and purpose. Because what I needed to receive, I was not going to be able to get in that household. So something significant had to take place. So am I going to stick with my lie? Because that is what. In my opinion, I'm comfortable with that I saw firsthand or I'm going to believe everything that God has said about me, that I am his daughter. That his plans for me are not to harm me, but to prosper me. Am I going to believe what he said or am I going to get really, really good and articulate about sharing my lie? Because just because it sounds good don't mean it's true. Just because people say, ooh, girl, me too, don't make it right. And just because other people in the church say, girl, amen, don't make it God. Sometimes we have to acknowledge that our thoughts are not his thoughts, which means Our words and the stories that we speak may not be the truth of the matter. And that's why seeking him every day and asking him to highlight areas in your life to where you've been blind. Because I'll be honest, family, everybody's pain is different. But for me, that was the most significant thing that happened to me. That changed my life. It was the first time I had ever experienced heartbreak was not from a boy. It was from my mother. So hence, that was something that I had been carrying around. And while I experienced healing and why I grew past it and why I was still able to accept Christ as my savior did not mean that I still didn't have a part of me that wanted to hold on to the lie that I was not good enough, worthy enough, that I wasn't cute enough, that I wasn't lovable enough. So my story was attached to those lies. And when you seek God for the whole truth about it, sometimes it's going to convict your words and the narrative. Sometimes it's going to cause you to be quiet. And sometimes it's going to cause you to go back and say, I was wrong about it. And that is not the truth about me. And that's not the truth about the situation. Just because it was real, don't make it true. Just because it really happened to you and you really experienced that doesn't mean that's the truth of God. Sometimes that there are decisions that other people do that impact our lives. And sometimes there are choices that we chose out of our own desires, out of our own hurt and insecurities. And that is not the truth about who we really are 
in Christ. That was the truth about who we are when we didn't know who we were in Christ, which is a lie. So I really want us to just be mindful of the narrative that we speak to ourselves and that we share with the public. And especially if you have a platform that you really want to grow and reach, what narrative are you talking? There was a shift when I decided that I didn't want to be a motivational platform, but I wanted to spread the gospel on my platform. I wanted people to come to my page and feel Jesus. I wanted people to come to my page and say, she loves the Lord. Not, ooh, she makes me feel good. I don't, listen, no offense, I don't want to make you feel good. You know, I'm glad that you do feel good, but that's not my role. That's not my job. I didn't go through all of that to make people feel good. I went through all of that to be, to be able to share the love of Jesus. It's the power of the narrative. So this is a good time to ask God, what story should I be telling? What story would you like me to share? And what words have I been spewing out that are incorrect? What ideas do I have about myself and my family? Because sometimes when you don't see others right, you're unable to forgive them and you're unable to acknowledge them as exactly who and what they are, which is human and people that deserve grace. It doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationship with them. It doesn't mean that you have to talk to them every day. But had I not changed the narrative, I would have never been able to really embrace my mom as that, my mom who didn't make the best decisions, who didn't always get it right. But you want to know what? It was God's plan all along. It didn't mean it didn't hurt, but I found the Lord out of it. And so did she. So who wins? Two wins for the kingdom. Not off of rejection, but off of God's intention. All right, family. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the So Help Me God podcast. I know it was a lot today. It was deep. And that's exactly what we need to do. Dig deeper, you know, in our faith, with our family, with our thoughts, with our stories. And as always, I love you so much. I definitely can't end this podcast without praying over you. So family, I love you too much to leave you without saying, I pray every opposing thought leave your atmosphere immediately. Anything attempting to jeopardize the peace and the purpose of God, exit your space ASAP. May your vision be restored, your mind be renewed, and your heart be cleansed of anything less than the best version of you. Amen, amen, amen. Can't wait to catch you next time. So help me God. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. 
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.